what you need to know about planned giving. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague from the Indiana University Foundation, Matt Treadwell. Matt serves as a gift planning attorney, working with donors on planned gifts. And Matt, thanks so much for being with us on this podcast. It's a pleasure. As we teach for the fundraising school, people always ask us, how do I get started with planned giving? They have the annual fund in great shape. Many of them advance to major gift prospects, but they see planned giving as this highly specialized area mm -hmm. of fundraising that can seem daunting and overwhelming. What advice do you have? How do I get started with planned giving? Well, first is that everyone should have a will mm -hmm. and therefore you have a path in for a gift plan. Um, with everyone needing to have a will, most people, not everyone does, but everyone should. Mm -hmm. It is an easy avenue to talk to someone about what comes next. You've already talked to them about their annual fund. You've already talked to them about their major gifts. How do they want to continue that legacy after they've passed? If they've only done major gifts and, not only done major gifts, but if they've done major gifts and they've started a, a program or a scholarship and they've started to see how that works, the, the will or bequest can then help move that to the next level. And Typically, a planned gift is the largest gift a person can give because it is their ultimate gift. Um, another avenue to talk to people about, especially if they have jobs and so you've talked to them about their major gifts, then most likely their employer has provided a retirement account for them mm -hmm. and that's another avenue. There's been some recent changes in the tax law, but it is still a great decision, uh, great avenue for someone to give. Um, depending on their age, they can start giving directly from their retirement accounts or they can make your organization a beneficiary of that retirement account. And so how long do I need to be in relationship with a donor before I start talking about this very complex topic about their death, their demise, making a planned gift? That doesn't seem to be like a conversation I have at a first meeting. How long am I in relationship with the donor before this subject comes up? Well, it could be a first meeting, depending mm -hmm. on the donor and where they are and mm -hmm. where where you see the conversation going. Mm -hmm. um, I've been in conversations with people and the first time I've met them, it's very clear that they're trying to figure out what to do with that organization when they pass along. And it is the first time that maybe the organization has met with them. So you have to start talking about it right away mm -hmm. because that is what is at the forefront of their mind. It might be a little easier for me because my title shows gift planning so they kind yes. of know what's coming when I am reaching out to them. But it can be that first conversation. Typically it's not. It, you definitely want to be comfortable with the person. They need to be comfortable with you. Um, it can seem like it's invading onto that, into their home space when you start talking about past life, passing on um, their death. And also make sure that if there's a spouse involved, that they're involved in that conversation mm -hmm. as well. I've found that if the person doesn't want to bring their spouse along, if there is a spouse or a partner, yeah. then they're likely not actually going to do a planned gift because those assets likely will pass to the spouse first. Mm -hmm. So if they're, if they're not willing to bring them on, then they're not willing to have that discussion about their overall state plan. Now, we know that listening is such an important skill in fundraising as we want to understand the donor's values, passions, what matters most to that donor. You know, in addition to the donor just explicitly saying, hey, I'm interested in discussing a planned gift, are there cues we can listen for? Is there a reading between the lines, mm -hmm. inferences we can make as we're communicating with the donor that might give us an indication that maybe they're thinking about a planned gift? Any talk that they're Anytime they tell you that they're planning on meeting with an attorney to start mm -hmm. settling uh, estate stuff, 
that's a cue because even if they don't know that they could be charitable in that, and unfortunately a lot of estate attorneys and a lot of financial planners don't talk to their clients about charitable giving, if you hear that they're talking to an attorney at any point, that may be a good point to say, hey, while you're talking to your attorney, you might want to think about this. If you know someone's getting ready to move from one company to another, like there's a job change coming, that could be a good time to talk about what assets they might get from that company. Are there stock options? Are there, is there that retirement account we talked about earlier? Um, the possibly life insurance that's pr employer provided, um, trying to figure out what's gonna happen with that, that life insurance policy and how you might be able to become a beneficiary as they move on to the next one. There's a lot of different things there. Any talk of my kids are now, if they have kids, if mm -hmm. uh, my kids are now to the age where I don't need to provide for them, that's also an avenue where you can kind of sneak in, not sneak in, but where you can come in and yep. become part of that, uh, that estate plan. Yeah. So some of those cues, just any big life changes, um, the, if, there's off, if there's children that, they're, that are older, anytime that a family's talking about going on a big trip, mm -hmm. after, the, after the kids have kind of moved out, if mm -hmm. there's an empty nest, because a lot of times one of the keys for people to go change their will is big life events. So that's getting married, having kids, big, big overseas trips. Anytime someone's thinking about changing their will around because they're going on a trip, that's a good time to talk to them as well about possibly getting in on a bequest. And I uh, also enjoy how you mentioned as they become empty nesters because mm -hmm. now they're no longer caring for their adult children directly and their household finances have changed. Matt has already given us three vehicles here. He's talked about the will, he's talked about the retirement plan, and he's also talked about insurance policies, mm -hmm. retirement plans and insurance policies that, that have money set aside with beneficiaries named. Perhaps your nonprofit could be named as one of those beneficiaries. What about when you know people hear about all these things like charitable remainder trusts and yes. charitable annuities? And this is kind of where the mushroom cloud starts to happen in people's eyes when we talk about this in the fundraising school mm -hmm. courses. It's very complex, very you know, a lot of legalese here. What advice do you have for the everyday fundraiser in that regard? To one, stop, take a breath. <laughs> uh, it's always good to think about those things. If you know someone that's trying to figure out how to stay secure in their retirement years, mm -hmm. make sure that there's enough funds there. That's when you can kind of talk to them about a charitable gift annuity or a charitable remainder trust. There are a lot of third-party vendors out there that can help with those. Um, a lot of banks that have a charitable arm, RIN PSG is another one. There's just a number of organizations out there that can help with um, the life income gifts. Uh, your community foundation should be able to, might be able to help as well, um, CICF here in Indianapolis. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get information that you need to help. You can always go to, for instance, the IU Foundation website, go to the gift planning, and we have e-brochures to help you at least understand what's going on with those tools. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want, you can give us a call. We can talk you through it as well. So there's a lot of different ways that you can find out more information about a gift annuity and or charitable remainder trust. But the cue there is if someone's worried about an income stream for life, for the rest of their life after they've stopped working, maybe there's a history of health issues in the family and they're thinking about, I want to be able to do something for your organization, but I also want to make sure that I'm financially set. What can I do there? A charitable gift annuity would be a great option in that type of situation. And as we emphasize in our course on planned giving and in the modules on planned giving in our other courses, your main responsibility as a fundraiser 
is the relationship, the relationship with the donor. If something technical exceeds your expertise, that's okay because what this means is they're talking very seriously about a planned gift. Perhaps you have legal expertise on your board, uh, maybe there's a law firm that you have as a retainer with your nonprofit organization, or as Matt indicated, there are resources out there like a local community foundation and others who can walk you through the legal steps of this. Yes, you're gonna need to pay them a little bit of a fee, but at the end of the day, you still have that net gain of the planned gift. So Matt, one last word of advice. So as people, you might be going down this uh, pathway discussing with the donor about a planned gift and they keep talking about their spouse, their partner, their significant other, talking about their household, talking about their children. And it's important to emphasize, we're not trying to talk them out of that, no, right? No. What, what guidance do you have for us in that regard? We're not trying to talk them out of providing for family, providing for um, spouse or other people that they might be interested, other organizations even. You're trying to find the best way for them to meet their goals of achieving whatever goals they have with your organization and maintaining some ability to provide for their family. First and foremost is for them to be able to provide for their family, then comes the organization and all other organizations as well. So it's working with them to meet their goals. Um, a lot of people, what they can do with a gift plan is just phenomenal and it will set their life straight. Um, so it's definitely something you're just trying to help them. All nonprofits can be engaged with planned giving, regardless of the size of your budget, regardless of the dollar amount ability to give by the donor, uh, and more and more nonprofits are just leaving money on the table by not discussing planned giving. This is not a conversation that you should fear or dread. As Matt indicated, sometimes the donor will bring this up explicitly. If not, this almost always is a donor you have a long-term relationship with. And this is just a continuing conversation that you can have to let the donor uh, be aware of all the options that are available. Now, this is the type of content that we teach in our planned giving course. Our planned giving course is also part of our certificate in fundraising management. We have 20 courses total, public courses, uh, leading to four different certificates. We're in 18 U.S. cities, and our custom training goes all over the world with courses tailored specifically for your nonprofit, perhaps your nonprofit association, your region, many different ways that we can customize our training for your fundraising needs. Also, we have quarterly webinars and, of course, these free weekly podcasts. All the information is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.